The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. That's right, Bear Down Bears fans. It's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation. Bill Zimmerman with you. And let's be honest, it's pretty darn difficult to bear down because the Chicago Bears need to bear down is what needs to happen after a dreadful, embarrassing performance against the New Orleans Saints. The Bears were run out of their own building. I know the final score doesn't look embarrassing, but anyone who watched that game knows exactly what that was. That was mop-up time, a couple touchdowns late for Trubisky, and I'll be honest, a couple lucky mistakes from the Saints, missed field goals, uh, what I think is a fairly questionable hold on that punt return for a touchdown. The Saints could have had this score much much worse than it was, but the Chicago Bears are in a world of hurt right now, falling to three and three, which doesn't sound so bad on paper, especially when you think about the fact that they were three and three last year, but this feels completely different. This feels like the Chicago Bears right now are a powder keg, just ready to explode, or maybe even more so implode after what we've seen on the football field. Big thing this week is that the players have a players-only meeting to try and get things figured out. You do appreciate that they understand they need to look in the mirror and play better, but at the same time, players-only meetings are dangerous. Are they going to sit there and point the finger at Mitch Trubisky? Because if they do, I think we all know Mitch is a pretty mentally fragile, and that's the last thing he needs is to start seeing his teammates turn on him. So... This is a very interesting week, and now a huge game coming up against the L.A. Chargers, who are a struggling football team themselves. These teams from the West Coast, when they have to jump a couple time zones and play early, they never perform well. This is a game the Chicago Bears, if they want to salvage this season and try and pretend, at least, to be playoff contenders, this is one that they have to win. Now, looking more specifically at the Saints game. I know we want to talk offense and we're going to do that. So let's talk about the defense first because the defense is bizarrely struggling right now and it's hard to pinpoint one thing. And I think that's... The the, the thing about the Chicago Bears is the defense is 
the heart of this team. It is the team's identity. I know Matt Nagy is an offensive guy, but look, Brian Billick was an offensive guy, and that 2000 Ravens team is all about the defense, as we know. So when you look at this team, you have to look at the defense, and the defense is not performing well. They're not stopping the run right now. They're not getting off the field. So what is the problem? Can we point to Akeem Hicks? Sure, losing Akeem Hicks, he's what, the second or third best player on that defense. That's going to hurt obviously, but let's look at the bigger picture here. Eddie Jackson has been neutralized by offensive coordinators this year. They're staying away from him. He is not figuring out a way to be a playmaker. Eddie Jackson has been neutralized. From the, the linebacking situation, Trevathan's playing pretty well, but Roquan Smith is not what we saw as a, as a rookie. He is struggling right now. He's lost his aggressive streak. He's backpedaling. He's not, he's not coming up and making tackles. I don't know, and I'm not going to speculate. I don't know if this has anything to do with his personal life or if it's it's just growing in the NFL, but Roquan Smith needs to play play better. Khalil Mack has been the focal point, especially with Akeem Hicks out. He's getting double and triple teamed constantly. He's not figuring out a way to be as much of an impact player, but he is an impact player if he's eating up three blockers. That's up to the rest of the defense to start making plays. Leonard Floyd on the other side of that edge has been after a great finish to this season and some promise here early this season. Leonard Floyd has been pretty darn quiet. This defense is not playing well. So you sit there and go, is it the Chuck Pagano scheme? I don't think so because the Chuck Pagano scheme was working fine early in the season. Could this be a situation where the Chicago Bears defense is mentally breaking because of how poorly the offense is? I think that 100% plays into it and Honestly, that's unacceptable. I get frustration. I get human nature that you just can't sit there and go, well, you know, we'll bust our ass and get get this, you know, the opponent to be a three and out just to have the offense turn around and do a three and out right back. And it just goes back and forth, back and forth. I get that. But while I think there is an element of fatigue because for the most part, the Bears defense is playing better in the first half than they were in the second half. I still think there's something about a mental break the way this team is playing and not giving it their all, which is unacceptable. I'm sorry. It is unacceptable if this defense, and again, I don't know this. I don't have firsthand knowledge, but it feels that way to me that this defense is not stepping up their game because I think they're frustrated. And you just can't have that. All-time great defense. That Ravens offense back in the day, and I'm not saying this Bears defense is as good as the Ravens defense, but you get my point. That Ravens offense with Trent Dilfer was dreadful. They had Jamal Lewis, they ran him a ton, and that's all they could do. The Ravens defense didn't care. The Ravens defense made plays, didn't allow teams to score, and just stepped up their game. That's what this defense needs to do for the Chicago Bears, and they're not doing it. Now, is it frustration about the offense? Well, let's get to the offensive side of the ball because it's an absolute mess, and it's impossible to figure out where to point the finger because there's so many problems going on offensively right now. Look, Kyle Long was bad. I have pinpointed that on this podcast multiple times, and it, it, was, it, you know, it was just sad to watch. But Kyle Long isn't on the field anymore. The Bears made the tough decision and, and moved him out of there. And you know what? The offensive line play, 
I thought improved significantly against the Saints. I saw a lot of good things with the offensive line. I'm not saying they were locked down 90s Cowboys offensive line, 80s Bears offensive line, but it was it was a solid performance. It was at least average. There were holes when they when they ran the ball seven times. There were some holes for the running game. They, there was some protection for Mitch Trubisky. It was much better up front, yet we saw nothing, nothing that showed us anything that this offense had improved. And why is that? All right, well, let's, let's, let's break it down. Is it Trubisky or is it Nagy? Because if we're going to say the offensive line wasn't a major problem, it really only leaves two things. Because there's the wide receivers, they're not dropping a ton of balls. Now, look, the tight ends, they've been problematic this year, we know. But let's focus on coaching and let's focus on quarterback. When I look at Matt Nagy, running the football for him is clearly a problem. Jordan Howard, as frustrating as he was sometimes as a Chicago Bear in that final season, is having a much better year in Philadelphia. He is not a feature back anymore. He's not the kind of guy who's going to get 20, 25 carries and rush for 120 yards. That's not Jordan Howard. But Jordan Howard is proving that when utilized properly, he can be a good component in an offense. Jordan Howard last year, for the most part, was not. Now we get to David Montgomery, and he's even worse. So what's the problem here? You do have to look at the way Matt Nagy wants to run the football, and it doesn't seem to work. Brian Baldinger of NFL Network did some good breakdowns on how the Bears are running the football, thinks the Bears are getting too cute, and I think it's fair. The Bears get too cute when they run the football. Where is just the straight-up run blocking and just try and knock the defensive line back and the front seven back and just try and gain four yards? That's just something they never do. There's always motion, there's always misdirection, there's always delay, and it's just not working when they're running the football. So for the most part, the running struggles you have to put on Matt Nagy. But at the same time, if a defense isn't going to respect the passing game at all, they're gonna have enough guys towards the line of scrimmage that they're going to bottle up a running game. And did Nagy abandon the running game way too soon against the Saints? Absolutely. But at the same time, I also think any fan watching that looked at the, could see the writing on the wall and say this running game is not going to be effective today. And I think that's what Nagy saw. Now, does it make sense to abandon the running game and put the ball in your struggling quarterback's hands? No. But at the same time, does it make sense to carry the ball 25 times for 45 yards? No. So where are we with this offense? And I don't think anybody knows. I don't think Matt Nagy knows. So let's get to the quarterback play. And we're going to have Adam Johns on from The Athletic, and I've got a lot to get to with Adam. We'll see how much I can get to in the, in the time we have with him. But I, I want to talk about Nagy versus Trubisky because for me, for me, and you're going to get a lot of differing opinions especially on Twitter, where everyone's breaking down film and everyone, doesn't matter, former players, current players, fans, analysts, writers, doesn't matter. Everyone's got an opinion. When I look at this offense, if the quarterback is not executing, the offense does not work. Doesn't matter about running the football. It doesn't matter if the receivers are open. The quarterback is not executing because, look, all right, Nagy's scheme on the running game aside. If you watch the film, receivers are constantly open and Trubisky 
is not finding them. I mean, the RPO struggles, and, and I'm sure everyone's seen a lot of this. If, you, if you're on Twitter, you've seen a lot of the breakdown on, on, the, on the RPO struggles against the Saints, and Trubisky on really easy reads with wide open receivers is not hitting them. And that's really alarming that we are, you know, Mitch missed, what, two games last year? So we're, we're, we're talking about... 18 games, 19 games with the playoff that Trubisky's been in this system. Mitch Trubisky needs to have a better understanding of this offense. Mitch Trubisky needs to be able to read a defense. What was the only game this year that Mitch Trubisky was good? It was against the Washington Redskins. And if you watch that game, what was happening in the Washington Redskins game? They were hurrying up to the line of scrimmage. Nagy was getting the play in in his headset. And Mitch was sitting there like Jared Goff and, and Sean McVay and waiting for Matt Nagy to read the defense and tell him what to do with the football. Mitch Trubisky cannot read a defense, and he certainly you know, cannot read a defense while the play is going on and, and get through his progressions. There is a major problem there, and for me, personally, I'm done. Maybe Mitch can turn my, my opinion around here in the next few games. I doubt it. I gave this guy all the time in the world. I've been patient. I'm done with Mitch Trubisky. It's, look, here's the bottom line. The, the John Fox year, you, everyone says, well, that doesn't count. No, it counts. You want to say there's not as much growth. You want to say, well, then he had to change offensive coordinators and a system. I get all that. It's not ideal. But he still got to play in NFL games against NFL defenses. He should have learned something there. Last year, I understand the Andy Reid offensive system is complicated, so I gave Mitch the benefit of the doubt. He's got to learn. He hasn't had as much college experience as, as the other quarterbacks in his class. I gave him everything. And then you start seeing some progress towards the end of the year, and you say, okay, this is where Trubisky's getting. We're set to see Mitch break out in 2019, and all we've seen is regression. And I can't figure out what the problem is. He stopped running. That was the best thing that he did in 2018 was running some dynamic runs. Not just he scrambles on third and four and picks up a first down, which is helpful. Some dynamic runs, some long runs. Where is that Mitch Trubisky? Because he's gone. Now, I looked at some numbers. Since Harrison Smith, Trubisky's attempts per game have cut in half and now they've basically vanished and, and I want to ask Johns that because I want to know is this is this Matt Nagy telling him you stay in the pocket don't run or is Mitch afraid of getting hurt because there's a reason he's not running the football and I don't understand why because when you have a quarterback who can make plays with his feet it keeps the defense off balance completely off balance and it's not happening anymore with Trubisky. And if Trubisky, who we know some of the struggles he has throwing the football, isn't running the football, then what's the point? Because Mitch Trubisky in the pocket is worse than Chase Daniel. Mitch Trubisky's a better quarterback than Chase Daniel because he's a playmaker, because he can roll out, because he can, he can throw on the run and do things and get first downs with his legs, but that's gone. He's sitting in the pocket, he's missing open receivers, and he's blowing this offense completely up. He, he just can't get anything done. He, he, he can't. And look, you want to blame Nagy for certain things? Absolutely, you need to. You can't say this isn't somewhat on Matt Nagy. But how, when you're looking, looking at film and you see Mitch Trubisky missing open receivers, well, Matt Nagy's offense 
is getting those receivers open. Trubisky needs to hit them, but he can't. He's missing them. He can't read a defense. It's a complete and utter disaster. And I'm done with Trubisky. I put out on Twitter, it was a joke, at uh, Zimmerman SXM, the Mariota Rosen 2020, because it certainly can't get any worse. And look, here's where I am. I would love to see the Bears trade for a quarterback at the deadline here. I doubt it's going to happen. I'm guessing Ryan Pace is poking around because Ryan Pace is an aggressive GM. He's going to have to admit this mistake with Trubisky because it's a mistake. You can't deny it anymore. It's 100% a mistake. So the Bears are in a tough situation. You can't really get a quarterback at the deadline unless you're looking at a guy like Josh Rosen. To me, go trade for Josh Rosen. His value is in the toilet. You probably get him for a fifth round pick. He's benched, he didn't play well this year, but Josh Rosen has shown flashes of being a good quarterback. And I don't, maybe he's a bust, but to me, he's a top 10 pick who's been in two rotten situations. Give him a shot, trade for him now, QB three, I'm not saying play him, and, and let him learn the offense and see what you can do with him. Because he's cheap, he's under control, and perhaps he can develop into something. So that's where I am at the trade deadline. Look, I'd love for them to try and trade for a legitimate quarterback and try and make a run at it this year, but you can't just bring in a quarterback and have him pick up a system in a week or two and then throw him out there. It just doesn't work. So for me, I really think this season is a lost season, and I think the Chicago Bears need to start focusing on 2020. Now, they're going to still try and turn the season around and make the playoffs. They absolutely should. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're not 0-6. They're not 1-5. They're not buried. But they need to look at the quarterback situation in 2020, and they need to, at a minimum, bring in some competition for Mitch Trubisky because, like I've said multiple times here, he is not the answer. And I get it. My Mariota Rosen 2020, and everyone's responding, oh, that's terrible. You guys, they cannot get an excellent quarterback in 2020. Quarterbacks don't grow on trees. There's, there's really not much they can do. And the way this roster is constructed, this is their window to win. After 2020, they really have to make some hard decisions on which players they're keeping and which players they have to let go. So... Drafting a quarterback, remember, no first-round pick. Drafting a quarterback in the second round next year where you're not going to get quite as much value and throwing him to the Wolves is just a lost season. And then the Bears have to restructure their roster and you've lost any opportunity to win. Now, can you win with Marcus Mariota or Josh Rosen next year? I don't know. It's, it's a long shot. But if the defense can return to the form and stay healthy where we saw this defense last year, what we saw against the Redskins. We know that defense exists and can dominate a game. If we get that defense with a capable offense, not a good offense, a capable offense. Can Marcus Mariota run a capable offense? Well, he has in the past with the Titans. I know he's fallen out of favor there, but he has in the past. So perhaps someone like that can develop into something for the Bears. That's why I want to see them make a change. They need to at least, at least get some quarterback competition for Mitch Trubisky in 2020. You cannot 
go into next season with Mitch Trubisky at QB1 and whether it be Chase Daniel or someone else just sitting there, you know, Tyler Bray, whatever you want to do as just backup quarterback for a QB2. Does not work, will not work. The Bears will fail if that's what they decide to do next season. So got a lot going on here with this, this franchise. I don't know exactly what's going on, but if they don't figure it out, they are really close to just having the bottom fall out of this thing and not just miss the playoffs, but have a losing record and have a complete, complete mess of a season. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back with Adam Johns of The Athletic right after this. This is Bears Banter. We'll be right back. All right, well, here he is, as promised. Uh, He is the top dog on the Bears beat, as far as I'm concerned. You can read him on The Athletic. He is Adam Johns, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. And he joins us now. Adam, Bill Zimmerman, how are you? Good, Bill. How are you? You're way too kind. Way too kind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing okay, and I think I'm probably doing better than the Chicago Bears franchise right now. I think, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, I think, are doing a lot better than the Chicago Bears franchise. Yeah, I think yeah. There's everyone's really rattled here after this this performance against the Saints. I think a lot of people really they they felt the vibe before the bye that this team just wasn't quite clicking. They may have had the same record they had the previous year three and two but something fell off i every the fans knew it Nagy knew it and we i think everyone thought that this bye week would really help and then coming back from the bye it i look i'm not taking anything away from sean payton he is a fantastic coach they've played great with teddy bridgewater but i think fans really thought they'd see a different team and somehow they saw a worse team yeah, yeah, it's alarming. The answers that Nagy and his staff were searching for during the bye week, a little bit of an extra time, um, some self-evaluation, it didn't produce anything. It's, you know, it's, it's really baffling. Um, sure, a lot of this is on the individual players, uh, i.e. the quarterback playing better. Um, you need your linemen to block better. You need guys when they're called into into run block call situations you know your Trey Burton's your David Montgomery's in some cases you know to, to do their jobs too um, it's just a baffling set of circumstances uh, you could point fingers really everywhere even the defense is showing some cracks right now uh, two weeks in a row you know Raiders and then Saints it's it's troubling um, you know it, it's I think everybody wants to start with the quarterback uh, I think Trubisky does have to be better play better but you know this this is also Nagy you know the things that Nagy did well last year to start clicking this year I think teams have a good read on him yeah and 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 I think there's Let's start with the offense because I think there's there's a lot of questions there and and a lot of confusion for fans as well and I don't, I don't know if you have the answers so this is kind of a chicken or egg thing so so let me ask you this and and I agree 100% you can't put all the blame on Trubisky you can't put all the blame on Nagy and there's other issues you know the offensive line's been way up and down as as you know but in terms of like I said chicken or egg here the offensive struggles would you put more of the issue on Nagy or more of the issue on Trubisky I would go lean, uh, I don't know, 55, 45, naggy. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I get that a quarterback's got to raise his level of play. Um, I guess it could be either way. This is so difficult. Like, I, I watched the film. I'm like, oh, you know what? Trubisky's got to hit those throws, right? But at the same time, 
why is Nagy running the ball seven times? You know, like, why isn't the run game working? Why can't you be more patient with it? Why can't you put your players in alignment in better situations? Why can't you do some straight power to get things going here? You know, like, why didn't, why didn't, haven't, why haven't you adjusted? Why does everything have to be, um, a little bit more complicated than it has to be. So, look, you know, I did this piece on the Athletics the other day, and, and you know, I'm starting to wonder, like, why is Trubisky less of a playmaker? You know, after six weeks last year, you had the Dolphins game, didn't win, but there was good numbers for your quarterback. You know, you had the Buccaneers game, a great game for your quarterback, and even like the Patriots game, where the Bears probably were out coached a bit. There's Trubisky, you know, being a playmaker, you know, using his legs, getting out there. He's not trying to overextend himself in the pocket, you know. And I think sometimes, you know, he does that a bit. You know what? He's still trying to learn to be a pocket passer. But you know what? Give yourself another play. Extend the play with your legs. And he's not scrambling. He's not producing on the ground. That's an alarming statistic. You know, he's less of a playmaker now. Part of that's naggy. Right? Like, what's what's going on there? Why is Mitch just tentative overall? Like, what's going on there? So, uh, yeah, a lot of it's the quarterback. Got to hit that throw to Gabriel. Got to hit that throw to Miller. But at the same time, you know, like, you're supposed to be this offensive-minded coach who's supposed to get the best out of players. Like, it's your fault, too. So, yeah, yeah maybe 51-49. How does that sound, Bill? All right. <laughs> Fair enough. So, and, and, and let me ask you this one, and I, I know you can't really get inside the head of Mitch Trubisky, but but maybe you, you, you've heard some things in conversations with press conferences and all, the, the, and, and you talk about how Trubisky's not making plays with his legs. And, and I looked at some numbers, and Trubisky's carries per game, since he was injured by Harrison Smith, have basically been cut in half, and now after this last injury, now they've basically been wiped off completely. Yeah. Is this the Bears and Nagy trying to force him to stay in the pocket to improve his passing, or is Mitch getting cold feet, so to speak, in terms of running because he's suffered a couple injuries? Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's probably twofold for, for sure. Uh, Nagy's been on the record a couple of times saying that his preference is for Trubisky to play within the pocket and only to use his legs when, when he has to, but it seems to be... Whatever that message is, and you're probably right in thinking that the, the injuries have played a factor in Trubisky's willingness to scramble. Um, but maybe the messages have two about, you know, hey, keep your eyes down the field. Let's, let's make throws out. So, you know what? I mean, he's got to do those things. But you know what? At the same time, obviously things aren't working. He's not seeing the field like he needs to. At some point, you know, the guy's just got to make plays, right? And, and his legs last year. Like, one of the reasons he was number three in QBR was because he made plays with his legs. He extended drives. He kept the offense on the field. When things weren't there initially for him, he, he extended the drives to maybe a couple plays later, things were for him with his eyes down the field. And I, I think it's, to your point, twofold. It's Nagy's messages. It's Helfrich's messages. And it's also the, the past. It's when he's been out and scrambling, he's gotten hurt. You know, and I don't know. You know, I just look at what the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson, and and I know Trubisky isn't the the same type of runner that Lamar Jackson is, but you know what? He's still pretty dynamic when he's got the ball in his hands. I mentioned the Patriots game. You know, we've seen it before. You know, even his rookie year, the the, the Lions game at Soldier Field, they're. 
he could be a threat. Teams respect that threat, you know, and I, I think his legs, to be honest with you, are the key to unlocking a lot of things offensively. I, I completely agree with that, and, and I really hope that's something that, that Nagy and Trubisky focus on moving forward. But let, let me ask you one thing here about the the locker room, because I think, you know, winning's contagious, and we saw that last year with Club Dub and how loose this locker room was. And now... You know, the body language on the field against the Saints was really poor. You could just see, especially the receivers, Gabriel and Miller, almost just kind of throwing their hands up, the shoulders slumping. And now there's a players-only meeting uh, this week that, that, that the team had. How do you feel the locker room is holding up with this team not hitting expectations? Well, yes, this is when things start to fracture, right? And if you've listened to Nagy's past two press conferences he's trying to drive home that in reality he's, he's trying to make sure his team doesn't fracture he knows how it can get you know he's using examples uh, of, of his own experience the one in five Chiefs that became uh, what they won their last 11 games or something like that you know so their last 10 games um, like it could be turned around but you, you, you can't fracture We've, I've covered fractured teams before Bill that was 2014 you know oh, what a and, and, was. and right now like some of the offensive production strikes me as very similar um, when you see your, your receivers get into exchanges with um, people on Twitter that strikes me as very similar um, you know Brandon Marshall you know, I, I think he wanted to box somebody in you know, a Lions fan in 2014 that was all on Twitter um, like it, it hasn't reached a point but I don't think you have guys like Brandon Marshall and guys like Jay Cutler like such polarizing players but you can still have fracturing to a lesser extent with you know less prevalent you know polarizing personalities you know they, they could still occur and you know the body language is there some of the social media stuff is there so so when Nagy's talking about it consistently you know he's guarding against it you know those are the same messages he's delivering with his team maybe the players only meeting helps maybe it doesn't maybe the here's the thing like they call it like a free open place where you can you know speak freely but you know what that stuff even can lead to more fracturing sometimes you know like now you get stuff in people's heads so I, I, I like it uh, but there's sometimes reasons not to like it we'll see what it produces um, I mean the Bears should beat the Chargers they're the better team and if they don't you know you can have some you got problems now you don't beat the Chargers you're going to have some serious problems <laughs> yeah that absolutely the chart that that's that a really important game to kind of keep the uh whatever her hope that the team and the fans are clinging to alive here uh, this upcoming Sunday here. But, you know, you, you talked about the defense and, 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 you know, you did a piece on and you kind of highlighted some issues with Roquan Smith. And, and I agree. And I don't know if it has anything to do with his personal life or if it's just how he's playing on the field. There, there's a lot of issues on the defense. And, you know, it seems like defense offenses are really staying away from Eddie Jackson. So he's been fairly neutralized. And obviously the Akeem Hicks injury is huge. So there's there's you know, there's plenty of things to look at on the defense. But do you think there's any chance that this defense's struggles the last couple weeks have been more mental and emotional about any frustrations with the offensive side of the ball? Or do you still think it's execution and perhaps injuries like Hicks being out? I, I could definitely see them being frustrated. Like, when you have to return after David Montgomery's fumble, 
that's a, that's complete frustration. Like or uh, Tariq Cohen, you know, like or not Tariq Cohen, uh, Anthony Miller's fumble. Okay, you're back on the field. That's frustration. You know, like I I, I get that. Um, at the same time, part of me is like, you know what though? You've still given up 320 yards of rushing the past two games. Um, you're still not getting off the field on third downs. Like you have opportunities to end these drives and you're not you know like there's opportunities still within all that frustration you know you're not maybe channeling it the right way you know and I get worn down a bit um I get that being gassed can be an excuse but at the same time you're a professional athlete you know like this, this is the hand you're dealt you, you gotta get off the field you know if you're gonna be a top five defense if you're gonna you know draw comparisons to the 85 Bears Get off the field, you know, make the play. Um, you know, Roquan Smith had opportunities to do that against the Saints. Didn't do it. Um, I, I know teams are kind of eliminating Khalil Mack, but you know what? Leonard Floyd, let's be productive. You know, Eddie Jackson, I know teams are staying away from you, but, you know, like the best safeties of the game still found ways to make plays. You know, the Troy Palomalos, the Ed Reese of the world, you know? You don't think defenses stayed away from, or offenses stayed away from them too, <laughs> you know? Point. It's it's just sometimes it's easy to point fingers, but sometimes looking at you know at the mirrors is is really what's best, especially for a proud unit like that. You want to be one of the league's best, you know, play like it. It's, it's like the '06 Bears, right? Like that offense was not good, you know. Right. I, I guess that maybe they ran the ball better, but you know what? That '06 defense got off the field. Yeah. They made plays, you know. Like if if you think you're one of the best play like the best it, it, it's it's fair to, to question the, the offense's impact and the defensive struggles but at the same time if you're gonna again have this high standard for yourself play like it yeah those those are fair points I, I know you're busy so I just want to get a couple more quick ones in there uh, with you before I we let you go uh, let me ask you about Anthony Miller here because He's kind of been baffling this year in terms of his production. You know, he had a nose for the end zone last year. He seemed to be utilized well. This year, you know, he wasn't getting on the field early in the year. You know, he's definitely made some major mistakes with some route running. You know, Nagy's not one to throw guys under the bus, but, you know, they they kind of bumped over him pretty good there a couple of times in post-game press conferences. So where does the team and the front office and the coaching staff, where do you think everyone stands with Anthony Miller right now? Yes. So the other day, Bill, like uh, Mike Fury gave like a pretty adamant defense of him in regards to the Chase Daniel interception uh, to to, to conclude the the loss to the Raiders in London. And, you know, he he honestly goes straight to me because I asked the question. He goes, no, he didn't cut it off. You know, it was almost like Anthony Miller was adjusting to what the coverage was and that that Mike Fury was indicating like like you got to make the the throw you got to adjust to like quarterbacks have to see and adjust as well and and I know things can move faster quarterbacks I know there's pressure and all that stuff but like the more I listened to the uh, Trubisky's and Nagy's response to the the overthrow with Anthony Miller down the seam, right? Like Trubisky expected it to be more of a fade, right? And then he saw that Miller wasn't fading it, so he, he tried to fire it in there, you know? Nike finally just come, came around and said, you know, eventually you just got to make that throw. You know, he's open. Just just get the ball 
to them. You know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not always going to be like how you practice. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's like that um, that shot play the Bears had against the Broncos, where uh, Taylor Gabriel's coming underneath the coverage and then he turns up the field. You know, it's supposed to be a shot play. It's supposed to be a, a six-point play, but the safety cut it off, and, and Taylor Gabriel settled and adjusted his route and and Trubisky still threw like he was throwing for six points no as Nagy said you know there's a lot of nuance a lot of things but it's still on Trubisky to make that in play adjustment and get his receiver the ball not everything's going to be perfect like in practice it's not always going to be how it's drawn up because the defense is trying to take certain things away from you and Nagy actually did a great job explaining that in terms of the Miller route like I'm giving you a long winded answer here but I want to be detailed um, like on the previous play, like the, the the defensive back played Miller differently, let him have a different release, and he got beat. So they adjusted to Miller. So Miller adjusted back, and it's on Trubisky to adjust with it now. Um, so I've come around to Anthony Miller's side almost a little bit. So if we're mm-hmm. using percentages again, maybe it's, it's, it's 60-40. I'm on Miller's side now where the quarterback – has to make that in-play adjustment to his throw to complete the pass because again defenses will adjust what they're doing to you you know and you have to adjust back all right and and let me let me finish with this i mean i I could talk to you for 45 minutes there's so many things around this team right now but but let me finish here and i think this is the underlying question right now that everyone wants to know not just for 2019 but for 2020 and, and moving forward is do you think this organization, and I mean Pace, Nagy, the, the whole group, is still behind Trubisky. And do you think there's any chance? And I know you're with you know this isn't a cornerback that you can just plug in and play man-to-man coverage and, and, and get someone in the middle of the season. But do you think there's any chance that the Bears and Pace look for a quarterback to, you know, at least maybe even groom for 2020, some competition for Trubisky? Do you think, do you think the organization is still fully behind Mitch and do you think there's any chance that perhaps they look to trade for a quarterback in the next few days? See, here's the thing, like, the guys you would want to trade for are, like, guys that are familiar with your system a bit, but Nick Foles is hurt. What's he going to be when he returns? You know, Alex Smith is missing a leg, you know? (laughs) I I know he's, I'm making... You know, I'm having fun with it a little bit, but he's he, he suffered a serious injury. You know, like that's a 2020 decision. You know, Mariota would maybe be the guy because we all know that Pace liked him coming out of the draft that year. But you know what? Like that's a 20 million dollar cap, and I don't think financially they can handle that right now, even if it's prorated a bit. Um, it's I, I've always tried to be fair with the Trubisky evaluation. I, I've always thought from the start that it's going to take time for him to acclimate himself. And then even going from Fox to Nagy, that was like a, a restart for him too. So like a lot of people mentioned the, this is year three with him, what's going on? No, it's 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 it's, it's really not. Like I get you could draw certain experiences there from that, but when your coaches are literally saying you have to unlearn certain things from your first year into your second year, that's not really much to build upon. Is there, you know, and, and the offense is different. Uh, the Bears have always had that opinion. It's going to take Trubisky a, a, a bit here, but to see certain 
points of regression to see a quarterback that seems to be lacking confidence right now like that's alarming so you still got 10 games here um you still got time to evaluate him you know he's still got time to improve and show things that things can be different for him but bill at at the same time there's still some alarming trends and i think next year you need to bring in some form of competition like you know what like this is my thought on Chase Daniel. Like he's almost served his purpose. Like he's supposed to be here to help Trubisky, and Trubisky's playing like this. So maybe someone needs to come in here and compete with Trubisky to get back, to get the best out of him. Yeah, I, I think there's. I have a hard time. I, we know how aggressive Ryan Pace is. I have a hard time believing that he's just going to stand pat uh, in 2020. If he stands pat now, I understand because you know quarterbacks at the deadline are almost impossible to to work in. Like you said, knowing a system and all that, but. You can't stand pat in the next season with Trubisky and backup quarterback X, whoever that might be. There, there has to be competition, you know, whether that be, like you said, Marcus Mariota, which makes a lot of sense. You know, I think, look, I don't know if Josh Rosen is exactly who Matt Nagy wants in his system, but the guy's got tremendous value right now. I, I think you could get him for peanuts from the Dolphins right now. There's got to be yeah. something that the Bears do to at least put pressure on Trubisky or potentially open up this offense with a different quarterback next season. I think the key word is change. Like, what's not working right now needs to be changed. You know what I mean? Like, the the, the state of affairs needs to be changed a bit. And whether that's Nagy over the next 10 games doing something drastic on, on, on offense or giving up play calling um, or, you know, make – making Trubisky into a, a lesser version of Lamar Johnson for a little bit. You know, something has to change over the next 10 games and with the Bears' thought process around their quarterback situation and their plans for 2020. And, and, and again, maybe the next 10 games, you know, those changes work and, and Trubisky becomes the guy. Who knows? You never know, really. But you know what? Like, these first six games were alarming. Let's be honest. You know, you need to have some serious thoughts on what's going to happen to the quarterback position. Yeah, absolutely. So there he is, Adam Johns from The Athletic, at Adam Johns on Twitter. Really appreciate your time. Like I said, I could have talked to you forever, but but appreciate the conversation, and, and we'll talk again soon. No problem, Bill. Enjoy the World Series, my friend. All right, there he is, Adam Johns of The Athletic. A lot of good stuff there with Adam. And look, I could have talked to Adam for 45 minutes. So there's so much going on. Look, we barely addressed the running game, which is a major problem. But there were so many things to get to and just not enough time to do it. So really appreciate him jumping on and giving us some insight on this team. Because like, like we've been talking about here the last half hour or so, there's just so much going wrong. Now, I know he's at about a 50-50 split with with Nagy and Trubisky, and he's even leaning a little bit towards Nagy being more of the issue there. Personally, I'm going to disagree there. I think it's more on Trubisky because, to me, if your quarterback isn't executing an offensive scheme, you can't have a successful offense. You just you just can't, especially in an offense like this, where you have to make the right reads, make the right decisions at the line of scrimmage. There's there's so much going on. There's so many moving parts in an Andy Reid scheme in what Matt Nagy is trying to do. If his quarterback can't execute it, to me, like I said, the, the running game is a problem. I, I get all the problems, but if you don't respect the quarterback, why don't you just you know keep guys at the line of scrimmage where the running game is going to be more difficult and force the quarterback 
to throw the football because you can't respect the quarterback because not only can Trubisky not stretch the field with a deep ball, Mitch Trubisky doesn't have a mid-range passing game right now. He used to have a mid-range passing game, but it's gone. The missed throw to Gabriel, the missed throw to Miller. We, we've seen the missed throws this year. The, the, the wrong reads where guys are open 10, 15 yards down the field, or maybe he's afraid to throw the football that far, so he'd rather check down to a three, four yard uh, curl. But either way, Trubisky isn't executing the offense. So if I'm watching the film and I'm seeing open receivers, at a minimum, those open receivers need to get the football and the passing game needs to work. And if the passing game starts to work, well, then maybe the running game is going to work. So you, you can't, you just can't have an offense be successful when your quarterback is dreadful, especially in today's NFL. This isn't, you know, 1983 where you can have a mediocre quarterback, but if you have a solid offensive line and a good running back, you can just keep trying to work the ball down the field, running the football 40 times a game. That's not how this works anymore in the NFL. You need to have a quarterback that knows what he's doing and I just don't think the Bears do so I'll disagree with Johns from that side but like I said I'm not absolving Nagy of blame I think Nagy has issues that he needs to work through but I'll be honest to me right now the biggest thing I'm concerned about is this locker room fracturing because like when you look at Ha Ha Clinton Dix when he came here what did he say he said he wanted to be a part of Matt Nagy's locker room and he wanted to chase a ring in Chicago. So what you do, you got a, a solid safety at a bargain rate. You got Allen Robinson to come here. You got Trey Burton to come here. And yeah, you have to pay these guys. But in the past, the Bears could not bring in top free agents because when the money's fairly similar, they didn't want to come to Chicago. So I'm looking at a bigger issue here, not just this season, but I'm talking about 2020 and beyond. Because if the Bears become a hot mess and they are certainly headed in that direction, they are not going to be able to continue to draw free agents in. Like Danny Trevathan, I'd like the Chicago Bears to keep him for next season. Why would Danny Trevathan stay, honestly? At this point, with the locker room a mess, no quarterback, no real shot at looking like this team is going anywhere, if things don't turn around, why would he stay? After next season, if things don't get better, if they don't have a quarterback, why is Allen Robinson going to stick around when his contract's up and deal with a rookie quarterback or, or Trubisky still or whatever mess they have at quarterback? He's not going to stay. None of these guys are going to stay. And certainly, new, new talent's not going to come in. This thing has a chance to not only jump off the rails for this season or maybe even next season, this thing could jump off the rails and the Bears could just be in for another long rebuild. And nobody wants that anymore. Ryan Pace did too good of a job building up this roster. And I get it. It looks like he blew it with the quarterback position. And if that's the case, that's on him. And that's a huge black mark. But, I mean, you're at a point where you have a really solid 52 out of 53 guys on the roster. The quarterback is potentially imploding this thing and really setting the franchise back. So this is a brutal situation to be in. This Chargers game is so important to salvage this season. If they lose to the Chargers at home and fall to three and four, I mean, everything's going to go off the rails. And this season will be an abrupt finish. This team's going to go five and 11 if they lose to the Chargers. I firmly believe that. You beat the Chargers and look the Chargers defense is not great maybe Trubisky can build up some confidence and have a pretty good game if that happens 
Chargers. You got you got some games on the horizon at the Eagles. You know they may not win, but that that's a winnable game because the Eagles have some struggles of their own. You know the the Lions at home, the Giants. There's there's a stretch here where the Bears can right the ship with some mediocre competition before they get to that tough stretch to finish where you start seeing the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Packers, and all that Vikings at the end of the year. So this is a critical stretch for the Chicago Bears to kind of salvage their season. And if they don't, if they struggle these next few games and lose, then when they get to this tough stretch in December, they are going to be annihilated and things really, really will become a mess. So let's hope things are a little better next week when we talk. Uh, If you want a prediction, I am not predicting a Chicago Bears victory because for me, I don't see any reason to think this team's going to play better right now. I hope they prove me wrong, but I do not expect the Bears to win. I'm hoping that maybe I'll get a pleasant surprise with an improved, improved performance against the Chargers. So we'll talk to you next week. That's going to do it for Bears banter. Bear down, everybody. We need it. Adios. Adios.